0: Hey, this is just a heads up before we get started. This episode of TLDR has extremely foul language. Um, if you're around kids or if you're offended by that sort of thing, this might be one to skip. PJ, it seems like it's been sort of a season of internet untruth. Yeah, even like... Knowing that there are a lot of hoaxes in the world and that there are always hoaxes, that we've covered a lot of hoaxes (laughs) since we started the show two months ago. The past few weeks have been crazy. There was the veteran who said that she'd gotten a homophobic slur in lieu of a tip at the restaurant where she worked. She was lying. And then the big one was the Thanksgiving story, the dude on the flight. You want to tell that one? There's a guy named Elon Gale. He's a producer for the show The Bachelor. He sort of created this narrative in which he was trading handwritten barbs with a woman on an airplane who was being really rude to the flight staff and to everyone around her. He created this very compelling narrative for everybody who hates flying during the holidays. Yeah, he was like, oh, you were nasty, fake person who I've made up, and now I'm going to be much nastier to you, and I'm going to live tweet all your nastiness. And so people circulated the story as if he were some kind of hero, despite like in his account of it, having told a stranger that she should eat his dick, which is... Incredibly rude. Not just rude, just awful. It's the kind of thing that you can imagine a producer from The Bachelor in his own imagination where he's the hero thinking would be a heroic thing to do or say. You know, since this show started, what, two and a half months ago, we've staked out a pretty hard line position on what we think of internet hoaxes. And maybe it's just the water we swim in, you know, that sort of twee public radio earnestness we have. <laughs> but... <laughs> I do think that it sort of corrupts the magic of the internet when a story is shared and it ends up just being fake. Right. And I tend to think that too, although two things have sort of happened that have changed that a little bit. One is just the volume of them. It feels boring after a certain point to be like, I'm mad about this lie and I'm mad about this lie and everybody should stop lying because I'm mad about it. They're not going to stop lying. right? But also there is this hoax this week that we both saw and fell for and liked a lot, despite having fallen for it. Like, even at the point where we found out that it was a hoax, we were still kind of glad that we'd been taken for a ride. It was a fun ride. Well, PJ, maybe you should recount that story. Um, There's a stand-up comedian named Randy Lidke who, earlier this year, to amuse himself, decided to start fake corporate Twitter accounts for real companies. One of the ones he picked was Pace Picante Salsa. His plan was to run them earnestly, just like a real brand manager.
1: And my goal was just to treat it like it was the real Pace Picante and retweet positive things about Pace Picante, you know, recipe ideas, advice, things like
0: that. But why? Like, what is the fun of jokingly, sincerely running brand management for a brand that has no brand management? Because
1: I thought it would be funny if someone at Pace Picante would have
0: to be like, hey, uh, who's running our Twitter account? I, I have a few questions for them. And then he kind of forgot about it. Until recently, he noticed that his friend Kyle Canain, who's a more famous comedian, had tweeted about Pace Picante salsa. There were negative things about Pace Picante
1: that I was like, oh, I should favorite these. And I wonder how he'll react to that. That's funny. Like if I was a person and I said something negative about a company and they
0: favorited that tweet, I would be like, what? When Kyle saw that Pace Picante salsa was favoriting his insults, he insulted them more. I wouldn't rub Pace Picante brand salsa on my asshole if my turds came out on fire. This is not actually the voice of Kyle Canaan. He wouldn't talk to us for the story, so we had a friend play him instead. Pace Picante brand salsa openly admits its ad campaign is vaguely homophobic, and yet its salsa tastes like old cowboy dicks. Randy was simulating a social media bot that had gone haywire, unable to distinguish insult from compliment, favoriting everything. At Pace Picante Brand Salsa, we thank the truest Lord, our majesty Lucifer, for bringing us riches and physical delights beyond expectation. Kyle has a ton of Twitter followers, like around 100,000. And so when he started tweeting out these interactions with a salsa company, a crowd gathered. And with everybody watching, Randy decided that it was finally time for Pace Picante Salsa to notice what was going on and address it.
1: So then I tweeted something, you know, we're experiencing a glitch of some sort and we apologize. And then I uh, noticed that Kyle had followed me or Pace. So I direct messaged him.
0: Hello. I would really appreciate it if you would delete the Pace Foods related tweets. I created a character named Eric. Thanks for your cooperation in advance, Eric. Randy expected that Kyle would probably take the bait, which he did. What was emerging was a tiny drama about a salsa company scrambling very inexpertly to manage a PR fiasco and a comedian playing their mistakes for a crowd. Maybe a few cases of Pace Picante brand salsa could add a little flavor to this discussion. See what I did there? Our lawyer has informed us that we shouldn't send you any product and that blackmail for salsa is still blackmail. Eric. They went back and forth like this for a while. Other Pace Picante employees jumped in, all trying through a variety of strategies to persuade Kyle to take down his tweets. Eric was replaced by this guy, Miles. Hello, Kyle. What you choose to do is out of our hands. We had an embarrassing glitch today, and we were hoping you could help out. Miles. Also, don't think I don't know what you're doing. We aren't all uptight guys at desks. I'm a comedy fan, but I have a job to do.
1: Miles. As Miles, I said, we've been told to not reach out to you any longer. Seems we're not getting anywhere we hope you have a happy holidays and then that was like it and then 30 seconds later miles sends another one that says that is if you do celebrate something this time of year besides your attempt at wit and cleverness <laughs> and uh and i was like oh he's gonna he's gonna lose it and then i like jumped in the shower real quick and then he responded with like i asked a lot of my twitter followers and they think that you guys kind of came out ahead on this and no one no one is mad at you guys He was being really reasonable. And then Miles responded with like, you know, the only thing I saw was an outpouring of negativity and foul language. Let me take a page
0: out of your book and be the first to say that that's bullcrap. Miles.
1: Miles said that it was bullcrap. And then Sharon stepped in. Kyle, what Miles is saying doesn't represent Pace Foods as a whole. Sharon was like, I really apologize. Miles is no longer going to talk to you about this. He doesn't represent our views. And Miles has been sent home. How about I send you some of Pace Foods products? We have some new exciting products you might like. But then he goes, no, what happened to Miles? Tell me what happened to Miles. Miles? Happened to Miles. Like, and also Eric. Like, He decided he didn't want to deal with Sharon because he, he could tell that she was a jerk. And so then right away I said, hey, what's up? Miles went home. <laughs> Sharon said you wanted to talk to me. This is Eric. But I spelled Eric with a K. And then he was like, like nice try, Sharon. And then quickly... The real Eric did show up. He then said, don't worry about Miles.
0: Miles has been sent home. We have a meeting about it tomorrow.
1: In all caps, Miles <laughs> is in the same direct message and says, they sent me home
0: because they were going to fire me, but they can't fire me because I quit.
1: And then on the same direct message in regular typing, Eric says, Miles, you're not fired. We're going to talk about this tomorrow and then I'm changing the password. And then Miles said, fuck "Fuck you. you. (laughs) And and then Eric says, he's just joking around. Don't worry about Miles.
0: We're going to talk about it tomorrow. Also, all of us are about to go home anyway. So we'll just talk to you tomorrow about the whole thing. At this point, Kyle actually got scared that he'd lost somebody their job. He kept being like, show me a picture of Miles. Prove that Miles isn't fired. Kyle did what any person who wants to try to take a stand online does. He started a hashtag.
1: That way if Eric and Sharon wanted to fire him, that they'd be forced to
0: see that thousands of people hadn't tweeted, bring back Miles. Hashtag bring back Miles sort of did take off. People rallied around this poor guy who'd been disappeared by a salsa company.
1: And then I was like, this is too crazy. I can't do this. But I did it. I created a, another Twitter account for for Miles. <laughs> I tweeted to Kyle, like, hey, I just saw the hashtag. That's really nice. I'm sorry I was, I was rude to you. And Kyle tweeted back, like, You know, show me a picture of your pay stub and then we can continue to talk, like not believing that it was the real Miles.
0: Right. That it was somebody who was joining into this real thing with a prank.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. So what I did was I I reacted harshly. I sent him a picture of a middle finger and said, like, how's this? I'm tired of proving myself to people. Direct deposit. None of your business anyways. I quit. And then Kyle started direct messaging Miles, dude, did you just really quit? Were you going to quit anyways? I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, oh, God, this is too crazy. You know, like Kyle's real emotions started working. And then my real emotions started working because then, you know, we were both kind of doing the same thing. We were fucking with somebody
0: and then realizing that it was getting too real. Clearly, this whole thing had just gotten out of control. So Randy tried to close it all down with one final twisty third act. I made the official announcement. If You've been following our issues today. Our employee, Miles, was
1: sent home early, but uh, he has not been fired. We love Miles. As it turns out, someone within the company created a fake account pretending to be Miles to get him fired, and we will deal with her accordingly, accusing Sharon.
0: Sharon's like the actual villain of this story. Yes,
1: huh? yes, everyone already didn't like Sharon. And they liked Miles for some reason. So I was like, okay, let's get Miles back in the story as the hero. Eric is the level-headed guy, and Sharon is this backstabber that was trying to get Miles fired the whole time. And that we apologize for airing our dirty laundry, but we've decided that it's, uh, it's appropriate
0: for us to delete our account until we sort things out. This is where journalists got interested in the story, because the story had a headline. Comedian gets corporate media account shut down. At that point, Randy realized that he finally had to tell Kyle what he'd done. So he called him. And Kyle was embarrassed and not super happy about it, but he also forgave him because they're friends and they're comedians, and this is essentially what comedians do to each other. For my part, the thing I still can't really figure out is why I like this story, even though it's a hoax. Did you see the story? It was this guy, he made up this whole story about, like, basically him being a huge jerk to this woman on a plane. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. I hated it because it was like... Here's a made-up story about a nasty person being nasty to another person, and the joke is, like, kind of on anybody who believed it and felt self-promotional, like, I, I can't tell why yours is, why I like some kind of lies and not other kind of lies.
1: Yeah, you know, like, the reason I do certain things is this is a silly aspect to it, like, I'm not trying to be mean to anyone, like, I'm not going to go egg someone's house as a prank, but... I would do something just to make them think.
0: Social, Weird social pranks really crack me up. I think the last part of that is kind of what's important, the social critique part. Last Saturday when Paul Walker died, pretty much immediately there was a Twitter account for an auto insurance company replying to people who tweeted about the death on Twitter saying, yeah, Paul Walker died in a car accident, but did he have car insurance? Go to our website to get a quote. Less vulgar versions of that thing happen online constantly. Brands intrude on actual conversations people are having and try to shill whatever junk they're shilling. It was nice for once to see something start out as an advertisement and then become something really interesting and human instead of the other way around.
1: People just went crazy. Like people, (laughs) those last tweets, man, people were really like, I I pictured people gathering around like an old uh, radio listening to this story because that's what it was it was just nothing that existed on paper just just like this weird story where people cared about the characters so
0: much but it was all fake you know it was fun to watch as the messy humanness of miles and sharon and eric and kyle drove the pace picante robot completely off message it was a good story that wasn't selling anybody anything and it was well crafted enough to continue to be compelling even after its fake truthness fell away it was a good lie TLDR was produced this week by the doodlebug, Alex Goldman, and me, PJ Vogt. Cat Rogers is our executive producer. Sir Andrew Dunn is our engineer. Production help this week from Krista Ripple and Kimmy Regler. We use the vocal talents of Tim Howard, Jamie York, Sean Ramaswaram, and Sarah Abdurrahman. Our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Check out our blog at tldr.onthemedia.org. We tweet at TLDR. We are TLDR.